Klein, 51 to 56. We're all cool for that. And we're going to read this and see where, where it leads us. So Luke 9. Let me get to it myself. Here it is. So we're ready. As the time grew near for the hymn to ascend to heaven, Jesus is him. Who's, who's him? Jesus. So as the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He sent messages ahead to Samaria, or to, sorry, to a Samaritan village, Samaria, to prepare for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. When James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? That's pretty uh, interesting stuff. But Jesus turned and rebu rebuked them. Now, in other translations, this one has missed it. Other translations add another sentence there. And so Jesus also said, he rebuked them and said, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of. And so they went, and then, so, and then it says, so they went on to another village. So you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. If you're taking notes, write that down now. For you don't know, also, and I'll more so say this. If you're taking notes, write down, what is the manner of my spirit? Or what is what spirit is like? Yeah, so I'll, here. What manner of spirit are you? If you're taking notes, nudge your neighbor, punch them politely and say, what manner of spirit are you? And so now I'm just going to pray and then we'll get into it after that. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here with us right now. Jesus, we just pray, pray that you will speak through me. We thank you that you want to speak through me. You, we thank you that you're going to talk to each of us individually. And we thank you that you, you're so, uh, you're, you're always speaking, you're always active and alive in our lives. And we just, uh, we are just expectant to ha have your voice touch us in a new way. And we just pray that you will answer that question for us. What manner of spirit are we? And we all said, amen. So Proverbs 14, 4 says this. Without an oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a large oxen for a large harvest. And so we heard this one the last message I did. And so obviously we see there, and I'll just quick, can quickly read another Bible verse, and that one will help us make sense of the first one. Colossians 3.13 says this. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. What? Offends you. Exactly. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And so obviously we see that, um, what is it, a stable... If any animal, ox, horse, sheep, goat, whatever you put in a stable, they poo and it's messy and it stinks. And so what the, the analogy is for us in church, if we, and you need, but you need, so we, if we want a clean stable, you get rid of the animals, right? But then uh, you need animals or ox to be able to do a harvest and farming. For us in church life, we can go, all right, there's going to be no problems, there's going to be no issues. Well, get rid of all the people but we need people to be able to advance the kingdom of God to do things and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of got this catchphrase. And so how do we, and so it's about how do we get rid of the stink but keep the animals right? That's what we're on about. And so um, we're just going to quickly, and I haven't told you the, the title yet, we're going to quickly go to the screens and that will help us with a title. I wonder what's this red button I wonder what's this red button do? I still can't tell them. ways to die. So many dumb ways to die. Dumb ways to die. Ha, ha, ha. So many dumb ways to die. So Go back to the um, 
watch this short video, Leanna. I wonder what's this red button do? Alright, who loves my mashup skills? So I took the dumb way to die and Nick Jonas's it, I still get jealous. So for the title of my message is Unoffendable Part Two. Oh, I've got to get rid of Unoffendable Part Two, The Button of Jealousy. We got that? Taking notes. The title of the message is um, Unoffendable Part Two, The Button of Jealousy. And so obviously we have the dumb ways to die. And it's like, oh, not this red button. Boom, explosion, problems happen. It's not cool to have a button. And so it's not cool to have the button of jealousy as Nick Jonas told us, right? We got that from the video? I hope so. <laughs> and so, he, uh, uh, yeah, and so just as we saw, boom, explosion from the button. When we have jealousy in our lives, it causes explosions of bad things and we don't want jealousy, right? We call that. And so, I wasn't going to get William, but you, Sean, you've got my props, so quickly come up there with them. And so, last time I spoke with part one of Unoffendable, we talked about the difference behind that. You just hold them up and be like a model. Look at this model, look at the specimen. So, we talked about a smartphone versus a calculator, obviously. And so, what's the difference? Calculators are full of buttons, smartphone isn't. Same size, but very different. People in life are just like that. We need to be a smartphone or we can be a calculator. And what's the difference between that and, and our lives? Buttons reflect the things that press our buttons, the things that just push our buttons and go, oh man, I've got so many buttons. I've got so many things that offend me and annoy me. But we're going to go, you know what? We're not going to be a limited calculator. We're going to be a, a smartphone that isn't affected by things and can move on forward. For example, um, if I put the, uh, this calculator here in my pocket, put some pressure around it, it gets affected, the buttons are pressed and it, and it does things. Not cool. If I put the smartphone in my pocket in a bit of pressure and tight place, pull it out, not affected, perfectly fine. Oh, awkward. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I don't believe you. See, don't believe you. You have no proof. And so, but often, if I didn't press a button pulling it out, it wouldn't have done anything like that. But so what the, the moral is, when pressures in life come, thank you, Sean. How good was our model? That's it. When pressures of life come around us, if we're like a calculator, our buttons get pressed, things boom, explosion, I still get jealous. I should not sing. And then, um, and, but then we've got to be the smartphone. Smartphones can do so much more. They're not limited. And so we all agree with that, right? And we would do, is, is that what I preached about? Yes, I hope so, because that's what I did. And so, and then what's the easiest way to not have your buttons pushed? Not have buttons at all, like a smartphone. Amen. You listen. Good job, William. So Psalms 119, 165 in the New Living Translation says this. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. Now, instructions. What's this? Who loves God's instructions or whatever? Instructions. Who's heard the Bible acronym, basic instructions before leaving earth? And so that's one thing. Bible instructions. That's what those are. And then in the new, or not new, the old King James Version, so K. KJV says this, great peace have they which love thy, so God's um, law, and they sh and nothing shall offend them. And so basically, if we were to mix them together, those who love the Bible have great peace and nothing shall offend them. And so if we love the Bible, if we get into the Bible, we'll see that, you know what, um, we'll, we'll see that nothing can offend us and we won't have buttons of jealousy popping up in our lives. And so we, we hopefully we can all agree with that. And so um, right now, what we do is when we preach on a Sunday at, at youth, whatever, what we're doing is we're going, you know what, God, we're going to get into the Bible, we're going to see what you say to us so that nothing can offend us. And if we get into what the, the Bible says, there will be a place. And so that's why we preach and that's what I'm going to be preaching about today and get it into us so we go, you know what, God, we want your peace, we want to hear what your word says so that nothing can offend us. Who agrees? Amen. Oh, thank you for that up there. 
And so um, we're going to look at two unoffendable dudes in the Bible. How many, how many dudes are we going to be looking at in the Bible? Two unoffendable dudes in the Bible. I love the word dudes. Who else loves the words dudes? That's it, dudes. So um, what's the difference between a dude and a mate? I don't know, but dudes, mates, dudes. I like dudes. It just sounds cooler. Dudes. And so uh, thanks to Leanna for the word dudes. Um, and so we're going to be looking at two unoffendable dudes in the Bible, and their names are Moses and John. Who are they? Moses and John. And, the, um, and so they were not jealous. And uh, what and what was this word here? And they wanted to see others succeed. And so that's what we're going to be looking at. So the first one, if you, if you want to go into your Bible or take notes, Numbers 11, 24 to 29. We're ready for that? Numbers 24, 11, 24 to 29. Thank you, Sam, for that correction. No, it's good because I need that on. I lost my tab. There we go. All righty. So Numbers 11, 24 to 29. Here we go. So Moses went out and reported uh, the Lord's words to the people. He gathered 70 elders and stationed them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to Moses. Then he gave the 70 elders the same spirit that was upon Moses. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, but this never happened again. Hmm. So two men, Eldad, say Eldad, and Medad. So two men, Eldad and Medad. Eldad and Medad. They're weird names. It's like Eldad and Medad. Medad um, had stayed um, behind in the camp. Naughty elders had stayed behind in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but they had not gone out of, to the tabernacle. What's the tabernacle? Is it like a barnacle? Not quite. A tabernacle is a tent, which is kind of, for our society, would be like a church. So it's like a tent, not called a church, called a tabernacle. We all good that? It's not a barnacle. And so, um, uh, yet the spirit rested upon them as well. They prophesied there in the camp. A young man ran and reported to Moses, Oh, dad, and me, dad. Uh, prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' assistant since his youth, protested, Moses, my master, make them stop. I don't like it. No, I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said stop. So, but Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all of the Lord's pe- people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. Then Moses returned to the camp. Hmm. Let's get that thinking in our minds. And we're going to go to... We're going to look at John now, our buddy John. And our buddy John is in the book of John 3. And so we're going to look at 22 to verses 30. Cool? So John 3, 22 to about 30. This is what it says. Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went to the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there baptizing people. At this time, John John the Baptist was baptizing at Anon or something near Salem. If, if you're listening to the podcast and you think this guy's pronouncing things wrong, I apologize. Because they were, there was plenty of water there and people kept coming to him uh, for baptism. There was, um, this was before John was thrown into prison. Obviously, you can't be baptizing people if you're in prison. All right, skip verse 5, go to verse, um, I meant skip verse 25, go to verse 26. So John's disciples came to him and asked, Rabbi, 
So Rabbi was talking to John the Baptist. That's the same name, means teacher. The man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, who's Jesus, is baptizing people. And everyone is going to him instead of coming to us. Ouch. Then John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. Remember that. If you're taking notes, write that down. No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. So keep going. You receive, uh, you yourselves know how plainly I told you. I am not the Messiah. I am the one here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride and the best man who is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. Oh, Sean knows all over it. He could be preaching this. Good stuff, Sean. But I'm just going to now, we're going to quickly unpack a few of those things from those two situations we've read and see how that relates to our lives. And I'll slow down a bit more. So uh, here we go. So uh, Numbers and 11. So Joshua was Moses' assistant, right? We saw that. It said it since he was youth. And so he thought it was unfair that these two elders stayed in the camp and didn't journey with everyone else. He thought, Moses, make them stop. This is unfair. They should be in the tabernacle with the rest of us. Why haven't they, um, why have they not come and did what we're going to do together? And so Moses replies, are you just jealous for my sake? And so meaning, like, I w- and so he says, I wish all the people were prophets that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. And so jo- it's funny, Joshua was jealous for something that wasn't even about him. It was about his, his um, like, teacher and his leader. He was like, this is unfair. These people aren't obeying you, Moses. Like, come on. But uh, who wants to hear a funny story relating to me, how I sort of was in a situation like Joshua, where Joshua was jealous about, for his leader's sake, wasn't even affected him. And one thing that affected, didn't affect me, but I was, got affected by it. Who wants to hear the story? Anyone? So um, do you mind if I sit down? So I'm going to sit down. And so one time when I was a little tucker, so little Tucker, probably around or three, three years old, I reckon. So I was, I could talk and all that, but I just wasn't, wasn't big enough to be cool. And so, well, at, who's heard of the church Planet Shakers? So back in the day, that used to be a conference in Adelaide, run by Russell Evans, who was at Paradise Church, and so they had a Planet Shakers conference there. And so my parents were youth pastors at the time, and so they went and got seats. I remember it was on the front right hand side of. Um, the, the Paradise Church, now Influences Church in the Paradise, what's it called in Adelaide when you have suburbs? The Paradise Suburb. And so it was down in the front right of the auditorium there. And Dad went, can I borrow that seat, Sam? And so this is what happened. So they had a bit more of a bench seat. And so Dad, so let's just say, it's literally like here on our church building, right? So it's about here ways, but a bit more further back in the stands. And so Dad stands on this seat like this because he sees some youth, coming in from the door and says, like from his youth group, say, hey, we're over here. So he's like this. And then one of the hosts saw him standing on the chair and was like, no, no, no. And so, and I saw, I saw it and I'm like, oh my gosh, dad, you're going to get in trouble. And so like, I'm a goody goody, so that affects me. And so then I'm like, dad, like, I tried to tell him like, get off, get off. And then as a little kid, and dad's like, just like, hey, yeah, you're like Bill, Harry, old dad, whatever the names are, me, my dad, come over here. And then, uh, and then this like host, he's like, Oh, you got to get off the chair. And then I just like broke down in tears because I took offense of something that I didn't need to ever take offense of. Like my dad's getting in trouble. Why do I need to get affected for that? That's just some dumb story about my life. I feel sorry for me. But, um, and so just like I took offense and got upset for my dad and started crying, I literally like cried my eyes out because I was a softie. And I thought, dad, you, you stuffed up. Why'd you do that? 
But, and that's kind of similar to what Joshua was going through. He was like, Moses, this is unfair. These guys should not be prophesying because of, like, they should be here with the rest of us. But he took offense over something he didn't take offense about. Right, we got that. Let's, get, let's keep going. Um, and so then in um, John 3, 22, John 3, 22 to 30, and so just like Moses had an assistant called Joshua, John had disciples, which are kind of like his assistant. So rather than having one, he had many. And rather than be called assistant, it's called a disciple. That's all clear with us? Sweet. And so um, he said in verse 29, I am filled with joy at his success, but he must become greater and greater and I must become less. And so I want to ask us a question. How many times in our life when, like, is it that when people start to succeed and start doing things better than we do, do we go, oh, I have joy at their success. Or like, how many can honestly say that we do that? I cannot say that. When people start getting better at me at something, my first reaction, to be honest, isn't always, this is awesome, they've got to become greater, I've got to become less. That's not my heart. I'm like, this is unfair. What the heck? Like, they're three years younger than me. Why are they preaching better? But I've got to go, we've got to go. Um, so, uh, uh, and so, no, and so what happens is, in a situation like that, what normally happens is, we have a jealous, jealousy arises in our lives and it pops up like a pimple, right? So it's not there one day, it's there the next day. And so just like a pimple, you can't see it yesterday and then today, boom, it's like, oh, my, my nose has been invaded. Sometimes when, just like that, we can see, we can be doing things well, someone else is doing things, but they start becoming better. And just like a pimple pops up and you're like, get off my face, jealousy springs up in our hearts and it goes, it goes, this is unfair. We should be better than them, but... Um, and so, like, for example, we can go at church, we can be jealous and get offended. Um, things in our football team and netball team, who knows when you've been playing all your life, someone comes their first year and they just start dominating. And you're like, this is not fair. But we've got to go, but really, we, and I don't want to take my notes from a bit later, but that's really our win. If we have someone that comes to our team in foot, footy or sport, footy, netball, whatever we play, table tennis, we play doubles, if we have someone that comes to our team and is good, that's a win-win. It's not our, their, like, our loss. They help us to succeed better, right? We all can agree with that. And so it's the same with church. We can't get offended by someone who might play the keyboard really good and go, that's unfair, they play better than me. That's our game. How awesome is that? We've got someone who can play keyboard better. And whatever area it could be, preaching, singing, song leading, whatever it is, foot massaging, if someone's better, it's our win, not their, our loss, right? We can all agree with that. And so I'm going to talk a bit now about the contradi- contradictory Bible. Now, who's heard in schools that they talk about, oh, the Bible's like, these Christians are weirdos because the Bible just contradicts itself, right? And so I'm going to talk about two Bible verses that I found this year, and I was like, man, these contradict themselves. How the heck, God, am I supposed to unpack this? And so I'll just be praying about it regularly. God, help, help reveal to you what these things mean to me and so I can see how they don't contradict but how they um, link up and make connection, right? And so... Um, uh, and so what the connection I found out was is they're both about people being offended. And, um, and I just want us to remember that when John said, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. So if we can all remember that as we talk about these things, we'll, we'll make sense. So the first one is in Luke 9.50, and this is what it says. Anyone who is not against you is for you. What was that? If anyone isn't against you, they're for you. Now the contradiction, the, what's the word contradiction? That's one. Luke eleven twenty three says this, anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. And so I'll read them again side by side and it's like, what the heck? Anyone who isn't 
Anyone who's not against you is for you. Anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. Now, we can see them and be like, they're similar but different. They kind of don't make sense. What the heck? How can someone not be for me but for me? Then how can someone be for me but not be for me? Or it's like, to me, like, mine popped my brain. Like, I can't make sense of this. But we're going to read them as a text completely separately and then we'll make sense of it, how they are different what and how they make sense. We cool for that? And so um, Luke 9, we'll go to that one first, Luke 9, 49 to 50, and we'll read that one's whole, uh, whatever it, it seems, Luke 9, 49 to 50. So it's a short one. Who's cool for that? Really short. It's like two, two lines. John said to Jesus, Master, so this isn't the John we saw, the Baptist, what we saw before. This is John, Jesus' disciple. Master, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons. Who, like, who's ever seen people casting out demons in Jesus' name? Nah, yeah, neither have I, but it happens, and it's happened in the Bible. We can see people have demons cast out of them on earth. Let's believe for that. But we told them to stop because he isn't in our group. Uh, but Jesus said, don't stop him. Anyone who's not against you is for you. Now, does that sound familiar to us? Does that sound familiar to what John the Baptist was going through? Like, it, it's different, but it's similar in the fact that John's disciples were saying to him, hey, this is unfair. These guys, this Messiah guy and his guys are doing far more than we are. And then, but then we got here. Now, Jesus' disciples are doing it to him. People are doing, doing what God, Jesus came to do, and they're going to Jesus. This is unfair. They're not in our group. We told them to stop. But Jesus goes, if they're not against you, they're for you. And so we got again, we, we might see churches down the road. We might see youth ministries in other parts and going, this is unfair. They're doing a miracle. Jesus is moving. They're praying in his name and things are happening really cool. They got the best worship. They got the best games. They got the this and that. But we got to go, you know what? They're on our team. They're not against us. They're with us. And we got to go, God, we bless them. They got to come greater and greater. And we got we to gotta celebrate with that rather than getting offended and going, this is unfair for us. We, we cool with that. And so I, I want to encourage us, when we see things on Instagram, Facebook, when we go to other places, let's, and they're doing better than us, let's celebrate that because they're moving in, and that's what we've got to do. We can't be like the, the guys who go, you know what, you can't do that because we're on the same team. And so the next one, uh, uh, chapter 11, and that's 14 to 23. 11, 14 to 23. Now this one's a little long. Long. And so one day, Jesus cast out a demon from a man who couldn't speak. And so obviously the demon stopped him from speaking, and so that's why they had to cast it out. There's a lot about demons here. This is actually pretty creepy. And so he, um, the, the, uh, what did it say? he cast out the man. Uh, and so the demon was gone, and the man began to speak. That's cool. Amen. Praise Jesus. The crowds were amazed. Who'd be amazed if there was someone had a demon in them, they couldn't? speak the demon's gone and they could speak i'd be like ooh, wow whoop whoop celebrate celebration no um the, do, 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 do. Uh, and so i'll get back to this no wonder he and so this is what the crowds were made but some of them said now this is these are this is a, this is the people here we don't like some of them said no wonder he can cast out demons he gets his power from satan the prince of demons Others trying to test Jesus demanded that he show them a a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. It's like he just did, but oh well, we won't go there. He knew their thoughts and said, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A family splintered by feuding will fall apart. You say, and so if a stable is full of stinky, 
it will fall apart, right? But we've got to forgive each other as we saw at the start. But you and I, am a, you say I'm empowered by Satan. But if Satan is divided and fighting against himself, how can his, king, how can his kingdom thrive, uh, survive? And if I'm empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcist? I don't know that word. Who knows that word? Exorcist, what are they? Okay, well, okay, that's cool. Um, they cast out demons too, so they will uh, condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived and has arrived among you. For when a strong man like Satan is fully armed and guards his palace, his possessions are safe until someone even greater. Uh, until someone even or even stronger attacks and overpowers him, strips him of his weapons and carries off his belongings. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. And so we can see the difference with this is the fir- the first one is about people were offended, kind of like Joshua was of Moses. They were going, this is unfair. We're jealous for your sake, Jesus, that people are using your name. He's not, they're not in our group. Let's stop them. So that was the first offence. But then the second offence was these people saying, Jesus, you're getting your power from the devil. But that's we, And they were getting offended in, in that kind of place. But we've got to go, we, let's never be the people who go, you know what, we're going to get offended about what Jesus is doing and his power. And we, we can't ever get to a place because if Jesus is moving, as we saw with um, John, the power um, about the stuff coming down from heaven, I'll read it exactly here again. Um... Uh, don't stop people. Oh, no, not that one. If we remember what John said, yet yeah, no one can receive anything unless it comes from God, unless unless God gives it from heaven. And so, for us, we've got to be a place where we go. You know what, God? We're not going to let um, things distract us from what from what the what the devil does because there's a difference between what we're what's for. So, when people are with the kingdom of heaven, doing what he wants, they're for us all the time. But it's when um, and we can't then get a, we can't get offended by things when it is because it's like otherwise we're saying it's not from God and it is of God and we've got to not be in that place. And so um, another another example is who does gaming here, like whether it's PC, like group gaming. So who's on a Minecraft server? Anyone on a Minecraft server here? So I, and for like and a, and a good example of it is is if I'm playing Mario Kart online and like I'm on team races. If I've got someone killing on my team, I don't go to them and say, hey, get off the team because like, you're too good. They're my advantage. If I'm, if I'm playing my Minecraft and someone's finding all this sick stuff, I don't say, get off the map, you're, you're destroying. I say, this is awesome, it's greater for all of us here. Um, where was I getting at with that? I'm not sure. Um, don't, yeah, so we've got, uh, they're just, just for my sake, and they're on, uh, no, I said that. Cool. And so now we're going to go to, uh, and so that one in Luke, uh, so this is what I was going to say. So um, if the, in, the, in Luke um, 11 there, if we keep reading, it talks about that the one sin that can ever be forgiven, uh, forgiven is a blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So when we get to a place and we start getting offended about, so what they're saying, these people are saying that, Jesus, what you're doing is from the devil. That's the one thing that the Bible talks about can't be forgiven. And so when we're saying that, if we see God doing things, if we say, you know what, that's not, we, we don't agree with that. That's from the devil and it's actually of the Holy Spirit. That's the one thing that um, can't be forgiven because we're, we're doing, going to a place where we're saying what is good is evil and that's not cool. 
But we, I want us to be a place where when we see God moving, when we see God doing stuff in this youth ministry or whatever in life, let's never get to a place where we get offended by that and start thinking evil of it because that, that is not what we're meant to do. And so um, now this is funny. And so we're going to go back to soon, back to our, our original verse and so we can, under, as we went at the start, so we can unpack that and see what's coming. But to get a bit of context about let's call down fire like Elijah, Elijah, Elijah did, we're going to go to 2 Kings 1. All right, 2 Kings 1, and we're going to read that. This is pretty funny. This is like a, common, a, comedy, no, a comedy in itself. And so uh, I'm going to sit down and read it because that's cool. And so 2 Kings 1 to 14. We ready? Close your eyes if you want to imagine it. Let your ma- imagination run wild. One day, Israel's new king, Azaziah, is it? fell through the lattice work of his upper room at his palace in Samaria and was seriously injured. Who's ever fell from heights? Big from tree or something. It's not cool, is it? So this guy was seriously injured. So he sent messages to the temple of Baal Zebub, the god of Ekron, to answer whether he would recover. Wrong choice. Who, who believes say that? Wrong choice. But the angel of the Lord told Elijah, who was from Tishbe, go and confront the messengers of the king of Samaria and ask them. So you hear that? See that Samaria? Keep that in your head. Samaria. That's in Samaria. Is there no God in Israel? Why are you going to Baal-zebub, uh, the god of Ekron, to ask whether the king will recover? Now, therefore, this is what the Lord says. You will never leave the bed you are lying on. Ouch. You will surely die. That's tough. So Elijah went to deliver the message. When the messengers returned to the king, he asked them, Why have you returned so soon? They replied, A man came to us and told us to go back to the king and give him this message. This is what the Lord says. Is there, is there no God in Israel? Why are you sending men to Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether you will recover? Therefore, because you have done this, you will never leave the bed you are lying on, and you will surely die. And the, the sad music just started coming in. Like real, I can't do it, but you know, real sad, I'm full of joy, but it's like some real sad, scary music, like the Rainbow Road music on Mario Kart. That's depressing, that stuff. Um, and so then this is what it says. What sort of man was he? And the king, de- the king demanded, what did he look like? They replied, he was a hairy man, bushy armpits, bushy chest. No, I didn't say that. But it said, he was a hairy man. He, had, he wore a leather belt around his waist, Elijah from Tishbe. The king exclaimed. Then he sent a, um, a no, it starts, yeah, it's that Elijah from Tibish, the king exclaimed because he knew who it was because there was only one man with hairy armpits and a hairy chest. Then he sent an army captain with 50 soldiers. How many? With 50 soldiers to arrest him. They found him sitting on top of a hill. Who sits on top of hills? Who sits on top of Winter's Hill? Cool views. So that's what Elijah must have been doing. Um, they found him sitting on the top of the hill. The captain said to him, Man of God, the king has commanded you to come down with us. But Elijah replied to the captain, If I am a man of God, now here, close your eyes and imagine this. Let fire come down from heaven and destroy you and your 50 men. Then fire came down from heaven and killed them all. Wow, that's like, I wonder what this red button will do. Right? Fire, they're gone. It's like, there's like a, and then so, so the king sent another captain with 50 men. The captain said to him, man of God, hairy man of God, 
the king demand, demand you to come down at once. Elijah replied, if I'm a man of God, a hairy man of God, let fire come down from heaven and destroy you and your 50 men. And again, what will this red button do? The fire came down um, and the fire of God fell from heaven and killed them all. Now this is where the next guy gets a bit of brains. Once more, the king sent a third captain with 50 men. But this time the captain went up um, the hill and fell to his knees before Elijah. He pleaded, and the, um, he pleaded, O oh man of God, please spare my life and the lives of these, your 50 servants. See how the fire from heaven um, came down and destroyed the first two groups, but please spare my life. Now, who, who would do that if you were in that situation? If the king was making you do something and just going up, and he's like, the, the hairy man is just like, boom, <laughs> boom. Just, yeah, I, I, would, I would do that. Um, and so now we're going to go, and so we saw that they were in Samaria, right? We saw that. So this is where we go back to our length. So back into Luke, uh, what is it, 9, 49 to 50. Yeah. And so John said to Jesus, Master, we saw some, uh, yeah, John said to Jesus, no, 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 wrong one, wrong one. Oops. Verse 51. As the time grew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus uh, resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He sent messages ahead to to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. When James and John saw this, um, they, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down heaven? Uh, fire from heaven to burn them up. But Jesus turned to them and rebuked them and saying, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. And so we see here, John and Jesus, have we read at the start, these, John, sorry, John and, who is it, John and, who was it? Who, who can remember who it was? John and someone talked to Jesus. James. James and John said to Jesus, because they, they knew the, the story of Elijah frying people left, right and centre, and going just, boom, God, if I'm a man of God, boom, and they're frying. And they go, you know what? Elijah did that in Samaria. Maybe we've got to do that in Samaria as well. But what Jesus says here is that you don't know what manner of spirit you're of. And so these two guys, like Joshua was jealous for the sake of Moses, they were jealous for the sake of Jesus. They're like, how dare you, um, uh, you not respect our teacher? How dare you not receive him? And so they took offense over something that didn't need to be worried about. They grew a button, it popped up like a pimple, and they didn't need to worry about it, right? And so he asked them the questions. Back to what we start. Um, you, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. And so back to that last one, this is where it comes in now. Now I remember where I was going, is that we talked about Jesus said, any good thing comes from down from heaven or whatever, or whatever things that are happening are from heaven. And so we see that, we saw that story about the contradiction. And so where, where it makes sense now is that, you don't know what manner of manner of spirit you are. Oh, and so if we're of the spirit of heaven, God's going to move in our lives. God And Jesus came to bring life. Jesus came to heal, de- to get rid of demons. He came so that you could have freedom. He came that all the things that could cause you to not like life, Jesus came to be the answer and the solution for that. And so what manner of spirit are you? And so I believe un- uh, offendable is a manner of spirit. And unoffendable is a manner of spirit. And so we've got to go, God, what spirit are we of us? Are we like James and John, that our spirit is not of Jesus, that our spirit is going, you know what, 
we, we, we have a button that's po- poked up that affects us? Or are we going to go, you know what? No, we don't have a button. We are unoffendable. We've got the spirit of heaven that goes, you know what? If you are succeeding, amen. If Sam's doing well, awesome. If Leanna's doing well, sweet. If Ellie's doing cool, win-win. And so what spirit are we of? What is the thing that is in our lives that causes us to... And so that's when we see those two contradictions, we, we see here what the answer is. One's about... Um, is about our spirit and so what spirit are we of and so i want us to close our eyes and i'm going to pray pray for us and then for our spirit and and because i believe that jesus wants us to um uh have and so john 10 10 before i pray john 10 10 talk i'm not off my heart how cool is that finally for the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but jesus comes so we can have the best life ever in josh translation and so um the thief comes still kill and destroy and so if we if we have the spirit of James and John, if we have the spirit of Joshua, if we have the spirit of John's disciples, we're, at, we're offendable and it's not cool. And so, and then if we have the spirit of the people that uh, annoyed you, that were saying Jesus was demonic and from the devil, we're going, you know what, that's the thief's voice. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And go, you know what, what God's doing is not cool. He comes to destroy that, get rid of that. But Jesus comes so we can have the best life ever. And so we've got to position ourselves in a place where we go, you know what, what spirit are we of? We don't want to have that offendable spirit. We don't want to be the people that have um, these pimples that poke up and it's not cool of jealousy. And so uh, back, to, back to the wisdom of uh, Nick Jonas. I still get jealous. We gotta, I'm going to pray that we can have that button removed of our lives right now. So we close our eyes and I'm going to pray. I've just rambled on enough. Holy Spirit, we pray for the button of jealousy in our lives. God, we can see it can affect us in different ways. We've seen that um, the Bible had some pretty crazy things where people get fried and burnt up all at once. But God, we just pray that we won't have a lifestyle that um, a button of jealousy will rise. God, just like we, we, we talked about, pimples can come up and they're like they they're not cool, they, they hurt, they get in the way. God, jealousy is the same in our lives. It's like another bat- button on a calculator. When pressure comes, it, 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 it hurts, it, it's annoying. It, we don't want it to be there. And so, Jesus, we thank you that you can bring a new spirit upon us. We thank you that we can be born again in you, that you can do something new and amazing. We thank you that you came to bring us life and life to the full, life to the max, life to the abundance, God. And so we just want to have your spirit, God. Um, Lord, help us not be offended by people directly to us. Help us... Um, not get offended for the people around us. Just like I told that story, Jesus, of, um, of, of me and my dad, and I, 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 I cried and got upset about something silly like that. Help us not have those effects, God. Help us go, you know what? If, that, if that's of God, we love it and we, we agree with it. Help us have a win-win attitude, Jesus. And we just thank you that we're going to leave this place. And if you're listening on the podcast, we believe for you that you're going to leave this moment offendable, um, uh, no, what is it? We're going to leave this place jealousy-free and you're going to be unoffendable. We all said, amen. And so I want to encourage you this week, be unoffendable. That's going to be a trademark of our youth ministry. That's going to be a trademark of our individual lives. If we live unjealous, if we live unoffendable, life's going to be awful.